Welcome back. Welcome back, BME fans. Welcome back. BTR fans. Welcome back. Welcome back to Beyond the Ride podcast with your host, Rich Kramer. We're back in town, back in my home studio after Nebo, stop one. So today's podcast is going to chill a little bit. We're going to chill a little bit with the um, with the topic of Nebo. Kind of go over a few things just from my reflection, my experience, and it was a good one. We had a great time. Stop one. I couldn't ask for anything better. Um, you know, I really felt like it was a new venue for us. I felt like there was a lot of challenges. I felt um, very proud at the end. I'm very proud of our team, very proud of the BME team. Um the sponsors, the community, Arkansas Parks and Recreation, Monument Foundation, Mitchell. Big thanks to those guys. You won't believe what goes on behind the scenes of some of these um, these events and, 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 and how the community comes together and how the community really supports mountain biking in the state of Arkansas. Um, Arkansas was kind of an unknown to me. And... Um, even kind of being in the East Coast, I know Arkansas is not the East Coast, but being on the East Coast, I really wasn't on my radar. I mean, I know Bentonville, and we all heard of what the Waltons are doing in Bentonville, kind of bringing mountain biking to the masses, bringing it to the families, giving people available trails to ride. And it's kind of cool. I don't know if I've seen a a bigger supportive community than um, – than what Arkansas has going on right there. Russellville at the base of the mountain, that was kind of our home base. Um, for you, for people who weren't there, you can kind of visualize Arkansas being a little bit flat as we were pulling in. And then you would see a huge, kind of not huge, but it was a decent-sized mountain. And, um, and on top of that mountain is Mount Nebo State Park. Established park, established trails, Hiking, biking, all the above. Super awesome recreational area. And um, and they let us come in there for a week and take over, install a, um, a professional enduro course that was, you know, suitable for what these guys are looking for. Um, and it was so hard to get some of the vehicles up there. One of our main vehicles was Austin's um, media hauler. And it was huge and it was just not going up. So we will, you know, we made do. We parked it at the bottom and held all the media from there. Um, so on that note, if you haven't seen, we did do a first ever, you know, Big Mountain Enduro. We did do a first live show, a live pre-race show. And it was a huge hit. Um, I guess I'll just start there with the thanks. I've got so much thanks to give, but thanks to Austin. Thanks to Big Mountain Enduro for having a vision of putting on something new, some fresh media out there. Um, the logistics were tough for us. Mount Nebo is kind of in the middle of nowhere and, you know, reception wasn't good. Austin pulled up with his hauler and had uh, great Starlink capabilities. And uh, we put on a heck of a live show. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube, Big Mountain Enduro YouTube channel. Um, I sat down with, I don't even know what the last count was. 
15, 16, 17 riders, maybe professional riders all came down and supported this effort without their support. This wouldn't have happened. Um, so thanks to all the riders for being open. Thanks for all the riders to being flexible and encouraging too. Um, it was so nice to, to hear the feedback that we got from, you know, putting on a live show. It was tough. It was, it had its challenges. It was raining. Um, so we had our challenges, but all in all, it went off well. We had the most supportive cast and crew you could ever think of. If you haven't seen it, it's really a treat. It's really a treat. It's me sitting down and interviewing the top pro riders that are out there. Um, I was lucky enough to have the connections and lucky enough to have the opportunity to sit down with these riders who are you know, kind of who I follow in the sports world. Some of them I knew, some of them I was just meeting for the first time, some of them now, you know, that I realized that 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 they are very accepting and very kind with their time. This community has something special. It has something to give. Um, the riders have something to give. The people who put on the events have something to give. The communities have something to give. And I think it all comes from just the love of mountain biking and the community that is mountain biking and more specifically the sport of enduro. But just to see these athletes out there putting in two days of practice, two days of racing, it's, um, and then the times are so close and the competition's so fierce, but the friendships so, so vibrant, so accepting, really cool community. So if you didn't follow the race, you can catch up on all the results on zone4.ca. Just type in Big Mountain Enduro, go to the only 2023 race, and you'll see the results of um, of what everyone, um, all the times they put up last week. So just to recap a little bit, pro men, Nick Nesteroff, followed by Colton Peterson, Jake Keller, Jimmy Smith, and Jack Brown for Yeti. Those are your top five pro men. Um, Colton and Nick seem to have gone back and forth all day, back and forth all day. Colton had a wreck in, um, or maybe even two in the first turn of, um, of the, of that top stage on sunset, sunset point. It just shows what kind of racing is, is gearing up this year. Um, you know, the top, the top five only separated by a second and a half or something like that. So everyone's there. Everyone was in the fight. You know, Aiden was there. Cody was there. Snow was there. Luca was there. What a cool thing it was to see Luca. That dude puts it down in many aspects of the sport, but to see him out there and meet him and talk with him about trying out Enduro and um, putting in a race at BME, you know, Luca's coming in 15th of the weekend. And then, you know, we get to the pro women. <clears throat> we had Portia first, Kate Lawrence second, Leah Westerman from Maxis. It was really fun to meet her. She seemed super down to earth, um, very focused on the weekend. It's cool to watch what she was doing. Um, and here's one, right? Number four, Stephanie McDaniel for the pro women, right? Followed by Kara Lynn um, riding for Cannondale. And again, these uh, the top five women only separated by about two and a half seconds. 
Um, really cool. Stephanie McDaniel. Wow. That was cool. That was really fun to watch. If I'm not, she came in fourth and, and she's going to be interesting to watch this season. Really interesting to watch this season. Um, I think she took three, four, maybe even five stages and then had a mechanical in one of the stages. By the end of the race, her tire was held together by zip ties. And um, and she's still coming in fourth. Telling you, watch out, Stephanie McDaniel, Carolyn, pulling up after her in fifth. This is going to be a good season with the pro women. Um, Kate Lawrence in the pits. Coding genetics on the laptop before dropping. Crazy. You know, all the all the all the top women are so interesting. Um, Bella was there, of course. Essence was there. Teresa was there. Kaylee Skelton had a uh, DNF. I think she had a mechanical on a wheel. What a race. What a race. It was so much fun. Mount Nebo, you know, no lifts, no shuttles. It was all pedaling, lots of pedaling. Um, but it was a blast, you know. It was so much fun. And um, and now we're on, to, we're on to Sunrise. Next is Arizona. Coming up in just a couple weeks. A new, another new venue for us, but, um, you know, this one seems to be related into what we're a little bit more familiar with, with the resort community. Um, I was watching videos today on YouTube on, um, on Sunrise, and it looks legit. It looks awesome. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a fun season. There's lots of competition heating up. There's lots of back and forth heating up. It's going to be a big, big season to see what, um, all these riders do not only the pros, but you know, the U21s, the AMs, the Masters men. I know those guys fought hard for first, second, and third. Um, anyway, gonna be a good season. Other than that, I just want to reflect and just say it was cool. Nebo was cool. It was nice to see that BME came together. We put together an event on top of this remote mountain and seemed to be very well accepted. But anyway, that's my kind of wrap on Nebo. Thanks, everyone, for coming out. It was such a blast. We're going to keep on moving to stop number two, Sunrise Resort in Arizona. Looks like it's got some travel, you know, complications of its own. I fly into Phoenix, maybe, and it's still a three-hour drive. You know, we'll get there a week early, as always. We'll figure stuff out. We will talk with the local mountain management. We'll get the best trails possible for a... um for an enduro race at the top of sunrise. And it looks like the elevation's high there. I think it even said maybe at the top, um, 11 plus 11, seven, something like that. So that'll be interesting. You know, that, that, that kind of rivals what Brian head was last year. You get off the lift up there. It's 11 something. I think that's really unique. Makes a cool race venue to kind of get above the tree lines up there. So anyway, that about wraps it up. Nebo was a success. Congrats to all the winners. Congrats to all the podium, uh, all the podium takers, um, everywhere from the e-bikes to advanced boys, Finn Logan, um, a couple other guys, Trent, and um, everyone was putting it out there from James Sutherland, Burt Boyce, Louis Soto, Ryan Zinzow, expert men, um, the AM Open class was huge. Amateur Men Open was huge. And I think we even had like a birthday winner. Like one of these kids' birthday was uh, 
was out there. I can't remember his name. But anyway, that kid took... Um, I should give him a shout out. Let me just look for his name real quick. There it is. Nolan, boys, 13, 14. Nolan Screehot. This kid came up in the pits. His mom came up. I was like, hey, this is Nolan's birthday. Before he dropped, we all sang happy birthday to him. It was really cool, really fun. And then he actually um, ended up taking first in his group. So congrats, Nolan. Looks like you got big things ahead of you. And I hope it's, it's going to be interesting to see who continues the series, who races this one, maybe one other, or who's going to race all five. Um, I don't know. That's going to be fun to watch. The point series is always fun. As you know, we go from Sunrise to Perg to Brinehead to finish up at Big Sky, Montana. And um, if this vibe keeps on rolling, I can't even imagine what's going to get uh, what the atmosphere is going to be like at uh, Big Sky. So, again, if you didn't follow us online, we did a big social media push. And fired away at social media just about as hard as we could from the Instagram to the YouTube page. Um, We put out a live show, two and a half hours. Um, We even did the podiums live. And I know that for the next round, we're even looking at doing more live stuff. So, again, a big shout out to everyone who participated in that, all the riders. And, um, yeah, it was a blast. So, all right, everybody. So, next up. On this podcast right now, my next guest I'm bringing on is um, is Cameron Joy. Cameron is a pro rider. He contacted me and um, just kind of said he wanted to be on the podcast, said he wanted to just say hello. We're going to talk to him. I don't know a lot about his background. Um, I do know that he's uh, – he puts – you know, he does a lot of riding in Colorado right now, it looks like. Looks like he's a West Coast guy. Anyway, we're going to get to know him um, and uh, talk about a little bit about a little bit about where he's riding, where he's from, if he's going to be at the next BMEs. He's got a heck of a good BME rap sheet. Um, so I was looking at his standings from the past couple of years. Competes in the EWS from 2022. Um Anyway, we're going to catch up with him next. Cameron Joy, another pro rider on the um, Beyond the Ride podcast. So we'll give him a buzz. Stand by and um, and we'll talk with Cameron. Thanks, guys. This is Rich Kramer with Big Mountain Enduro, and this is the Beyond the Ride podcast. This season, we'll be checking in with mountain bike athletes, brands, and individuals doing big things for the sport of mountain bike. We're back. Cool. So we're rolling. We're rolling, buddy. We're doing this. Cool. Welcome. Sweet. Welcome to the Steps. welcome to the podcast, man. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. For sure, man. So I was just kind of introducing you to um I just did a little pre-ramble on um I yeah. was just yeah, I was touching base on um just kind of going over Mount Nebo and stuff. And um Yeah, yeah. And then uh just kind of went into introducing you and I was also kind of showing um a little bit of a uh, little bit of footy I found of you guys, right? Oh yeah, some uh, some Nate Hill stuff. Is that you following, or is that you in front? That's me in front. Heck yeah, man! Yeah, he does. I don't know. Do you know Nate? No, I don't. So he does. He's got a YouTube channel. He does a thing called Follow Cam Friday. Um, right. So he'll like 
basically all of his friends, he'll have like, he'll find a cool trail and then he'll follow them down. And then he posts like basically trail previews all over the U S and all over the world. So this was last around this time last year, uh, in Durango, this is actually the bottom, uh, this is the bottom descent of the Colorado trail. This is like the last sector of the Colorado trail down into Durango. Yeah. I've been watching this all day. It looks good. Um, yeah, it's super fun. And then are you, um, so anyway, real quick, let's catch everyone up. I'm chatting today. I'm chatting today with Cameron joy. Um, pro rider been on the scene for a while. If you guys are watching right now, you'll see some of the footage we're watching him ride. Um, you kind of contacted me out of the blue and just said, you know, what's up? I'd like to be on the podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I came across, I had listened to the the episode with Colton. Colton's a good buddy of mine. Yeah, and yeah. I thought it was super cool. And yeah, I'd seen, uh, I wasn't, I don't, I'm not sure if BME posted it or maybe you posted it, but, uh, somebody said they were looking for podcast guests and yeah. I listened to a ton of podcasts and I always thought it'd be cool to go on one. So I was like, yeah, why yeah. not? I'll hit him up and see, see if he's interested. I'd love to come on. Completely interested, man. Um, yeah, thanks cool. th- yeah, completely interested. Some of one of the biggest goals of, of this podcast is just to kind of introduce riders like yourself to, to the, yeah. to, the to the world and let everyone kind of, know who's out there who's competing in these events and um and so anyway so thanks for touching base and um and happy to have you on so totally enjoy. yeah, yeah and, I then, think- and then so tell me real quick then where are you based out of where are we talking to you from right now where's home uh home for me now is bellingham washington oh. uh i moved here in september so relatively new here but uh yeah this is home base now nice and did you find Bellingham? Is that kind of where you're from? Or are you from Cali area? Uh, yeah. So I'm actually, I'm originally from Southern California, from Temecula, um, which we've got a few guys from that general area. Uh, that's how I know Colton. Cause he, he'd be down at Aiden's Aiden's yeah. in Santa Clarita. So he's a couple, couple hours North of me. And then Max Sedlak, me and him have been buddies since high school. Okay. Um, we would, we would ride a lot. He's in Laguna. So he's like an hour from me. And then uh, Nick Nestroff and Jacob Snow, they're down in San Diego. So there's a pretty yeah. big SoCal crew. Um, that's where I grew up. And then went to school in Colorado in Grand Junction. So that's where I was at for the last like five years. Um, and then, yeah, graduated from college in, in May of last year. And then, yeah, kind of had like the, the freedom and the youth to move where where we wanted uh so me and my girlfriend decided to move up here we her brother lived here before um so we would visit in like the last couple years and then i've got a bunch of buddies up here and every time we would come visit we loved it like the riding's insane super cool town really cool people um it's like a great area pretty close to whistler squamish the whole like bc thing and yeah just love like the pnw and the riding here so we decided now's the time just make the move find a spot find work and yeah the rest will fall into place pretty much yeah yeah it's it's fun being it's fun doing that you know kind of it's kind of thing i did when i was younger too is just kind of just kind of float around a little bit hit up cool spots totally yeah check them out and um and that and uh and then and then see what makes of it you know so see what exactly yeah yeah it's cool like as you get older like 
you kind of accumulate more belongings and like have more legit jobs and have kids. <laughs> and it just like, you you end up a lot more tied down. Like it was cool it's to true. take advantage of basically every, like last summer doing all the races and stuff, literally every single thing that I owned was in my minivan that I take to the races. <laughs> and I just like caravaned around and then ended up here. But yeah, it was cool. Like it's sweet to have that level of just like freedom to kind of just pack yeah. everything you own up in a van and go cruise around, find a cool spot. <laughs> that is cool. Um, yeah. How, how'd you, um, how'd you find college in, in, in Colorado? What was up there? Was that another just kind of um, on the whim thing or was that a spot that you were kind of eager to get to? So yeah, like I, when I started with mountain biking, Colorado had kind of like a lot of hype. Um, it was a place that me and my buddies always wanted to to visit and like check out the riding and stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, the BMEs were big at the time and I was doing some of those. And then uh, like that was mostly a Colorado series at that point. So that was yeah. kind of just like the terrain that we were looking for. And then yeah. um, I was looking to go to school as well. So sorry. I got, nope. <laughs> ah, who you got there? Oh, that's my cat, Jack Jack. Jack, Jack. likes to be a little menace with the laptop um stop dude um <laughs> yeah so i was trying to go to school and colorado mesa and grand junction has a really good cycling program mm-hmm. um so like i don't know if you're familiar with collegiate racing at all no. but it's like you race for the college and cmu like it kind of varies program to program there's a good program at uh at brevard also pretty close yeah, to you right um, but yeah, it varies program to program, but CMU is like very well supported. So basically like we race, there's usually like five to six conference rounds where you race, like we're in like the Rocky mountain conference in Colorado. So we'd race like schools like university of Utah, Fort Lewis, um, UC Boulder, like all that stuff. Um, so you do like a couple races kind of locally and then there'd be like a collegiate national champs every year that's put on by USA cycling. Um, so the way it worked for CMU, like our stuff was fully covered, like travel, we traveled like a factory team almost like we'd have condos and stuff at the races and then a big box truck that takes all our bikes and we show up and then you basically get to travel with all your friends and hit a bunch of, it's in the fall too. So like, you know, Colorado in the fall is just epic. We'd race at Crested Butte and Aspen and Angel Fire. And, uh, we had a race at Powderhorn, like right outside of Grand Junction. So some really cool, like cool destinations and cool riding, uh, proper tracks. And then we'd go race nationals at the end of the year. Um, so we did my freshman year and my sophomore year, we did nationals in Missoula, Montana. So that was cool. And then, um, I was hurt in 2019. They actually did it in California, which I was bummed to miss. Um, and then there's no nationals in 2020 for COVID. And then my last year we did nationals at purgatory in Durango. So that was really cool too. Um, yeah, it's cool. Like collegiate racing was sweet. So that was, that was kind of what brought me to, I guess, yeah, long loop around there, but that was what brought me to grand junction to go to school at CMU was just the, the collegiate cycling program. And then it does, it does kind of sound like, it does kind of sound like you're, um, like a factory team. And is this, like getting those kind of perks and then are you scholarshiped as well? Are there, are there grants available for tuition and stuff? Uh, yeah, there, there is. Um, I was never on a scholarship. 
I was like, I didn't have the results that some other people did coming out of high school. I actually went to, uh, I actually like signed with the team to race cross country. That was what I started with. Uh, I got into mountain biking through like NICA in high school. Um, so I was pretty into racing cross country. And then that summer leading into, um, my first year of college, that was like summer of 2017. Mm -hmm. I started doing some enduro stuff. I raced a a BME or two that year. Um, that was like my first step into like the gravity world. Um, so yeah, I did like a BME that year and then I did national champs. And then I actually did, um, uh, the EWS in Aspen that, that summer also. Mm -hmm. So when I showed up, I was kind of like, I was struggling a bit in XC and was really enjoying the gravity stuff. So I was kind of like, Hey, like, can I race some downhill? And the coach was like, yeah, like you seem to be riding well, like let's try it. And then he's like, we can kind of go back into the XC stuff like later in the season. Mm-hmm. And then I actually never ended up doing an XC race for them. <laughs> I just committed <laughs> to the gravity thing after that. So yeah, started out with XC, but, uh, yeah, by the time I actually went to college, I never never raced any more XC after that. What um so everyone kind of has a story about how they got to Enduro. Um everybody yeah. kind of gets here from somewhere. So the right. X, the XC was your thing going through the collegiate route and then Right. And then it looks like in 2017 you you maybe won the Nationals in Enduro, is that right? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, so and that then, was Go ahead. Uh, so that, that summer, like I was saying, like I was racing XC and then there's some like local Enduros in Temecula. Mm. Um, and I did a couple of those, a lot of my friends were racing Enduro. So I was like, I should just try it. I finally got a trail bike because I'd only had an XC bike before that. I was on like a 130 mil travel, 27.5 giant trance. That was so (laughs) clapped by the end of the year. It's ridiculous. But, uh, yeah. So like I started doing some Enduro stuff. Um, and it was like going really well. And then everything, it was kind of one of those things where like, if it's meant to happen, everything will fall into place, you know? So one of my buddies, shout out Sam McNeese, uh, he was like, I'm going to the big mountain enduro in Santa Fe, New Mexico. He's like, I've got a spot. Like you want to join? And I was like, sure. Like that sounds sweet. So I, I had raced enduro maybe once or twice at this point. Um, I didn't even know what the BME was. I didn't know there was like national level enduro really. Uh, sure. I was just kind of like along for the ride and I've got like a moto background. So I always, I always felt like I was better at riding downhill than uphill mm. anyways. Like it was always what I enjoyed. I just didn't really know that there was like a racing format that would work for that. Um, and the opportunity was always there with Nika, like to do XC stuff. So I kind of was just following where the opportunities were. Mm-hmm. This was really the first opportunity I had an enduro and uh showed up to the the BME in Santa Fe racing U21 and I actually won that weekend. And yes. after that I was like you were hooked. This might be the move. <laughs> like yeah. I think this is actually like this might be a better fit for me. Like the downhill stuff always came so easy. Skill was always like I was always more skilled than most of the people I was racing XC with. Um and then I obviously had the fitness from XC. So it was kind of like a perfect blend and I was enjoying it so much more than XC. Um, so I did that, won that. And then, yeah, later in the year, went to national champs um, and won that. And then that was right before school. And I was like, well, yeah, I think like 
gravity is probably the move. Yeah. And then, yeah, actually I forgot. So before school started after, um, after nationals, I was planning to just go to school. Um, and then I think at this point, the BMEs were EWS qualifiers. So I was somehow on the radar of the EWS and I got an email from, uh, this lady, Natalie, that, uh, she's like helps run the EWS stuff. Mm-hmm. And she shot me an email and she's like, Hey, we had some teams pull out of the EWS in Aspen. Do you want a spot? And I was like, she's like, you're qualified because you won the BME in Santa Fe. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I, again, I had raced her like three or four times, maybe like, I didn't really, I didn't think I'd be racing an EWS already, but yeah. I was like, I mean, why not? It's, it's in Aspen. I was going to school in Grand Junction, which is two hours away. And it was the weekend before school started. So yeah. it was like pretty much ideal setup. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, why not go to Aspen? Um, so yeah, got to race my first EWS. And then it was funny. Like I had no idea what to expect really. And first stage I was racing U21 still. Yeah. And this is actually still my best EWS stage result to date, <laughs> but first stage, first ever EWS got second in U21. And I was like, Whoa, like that's yeah. kind of like what sparked, like, all right, I really needed like commit to this. And then I ended up flatting at the top of like a 15 minute stage on stage two. So uh-huh. didn't have much of an overall result there, but that was, that was a really cool moment of like, Hey, I should probably, should probably put some effort into this. Like, I think I think I could be good here. It looks like it. I mean, it looks like in those in those two races you're talking about, those were the same month, right? You went from nationals to EWS in the same month. It looks like those both were in the month of July. Yeah, um, yeah I want to say it was the following weekend, maybe. Right. Uh, maybe maybe one weekend in between. So you didn't even, drove. You didn't know that you were racing a qualifying event. You just happened to qualify, and and then next weekend you're yeah. at the EWS level. Yeah, I think I think the I'm not sure. I think the qualification came from the BME back in May. Okay. I don't think okay. it was from nationals. It it might you. have been though. I'm honestly not sure. I got you. Yeah, that that whole time frame was kind of a blur, but it was it was really cool. Like like I said, like I think kind of when something's supposed to happen, it, it sort yeah. of just falls into place. But yeah, yeah, I was a- super lucky that it all worked out. I, I think it was there was maybe one weekend in between, but we actually drove to West Virginia. That's yeah. where nationals was that year. So we had to drive like 24 hours or something back to Colorado, which we were planning to do anyways for me to go to school. But then we just added in the right. the Aspen stop, which was super cool. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, so at this point, are you on a factory ride? Are you ha- sponsored by anybody or is this just a hope and a dream uh, at this point? Yeah, no, I had nothing at this point. Nothing. I was like, yeah. um, uh, for XC, I had this guy, John Hornbeck. He started a, a company called Spandex Stampede. And he was he was giving me and my buddy, Trevor McCutcheon, he still races BMEs also. Uh, we were on like a little XC team, but he was literally just giving us like some kits. We had like, mm-hmm. I think he gave us like, we got like a deal with 100% where we got a pair of sunglasses. Um, but like no bikes, no support at the races. Um, my trail bike, that was the first year I got that trail bike. And, uh, it was this guy, Mike, Mike Franz at Fullerton bicycles in SoCal. Uh, he gave me like a little discount on 
on that trance from the shop. Sure. But uh, yeah, no, no actual like yeah. legit sponsors or anything like that. But I'm sure you're now getting on people's radar a little bit. Um, yeah. And then, and then it looks like that following summer, you really laid it down with BME. Um, you kind of got on the whole circuit as of then. Yep. Yep. After, after that year, um, I was pretty burnt out on XC and obviously, like I said, I was, the Enduro stuff was going well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I decided to commit fully to Enduro in 2018. Um, so that year I did the full BME and then I, I've got a unfortunate birthday for racing. Um, I was born in December. So that year in 2018, I was only 19, but it was my last year U21 because okay. it's your race age. So like technically, even though I was 19, I was race age 20. So that was my last year U21. And I wanted, I was pretty stoked on that EWS, EWS result from the year prior. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I got some help from, uh, some family friends of ours that live in Europe, uh, and they helped me pay for flights to get over to Europe. And I actually did four EWS that year also. Um, so I did, there was one in like Austria, Slovenia, um, and then one in Whistler. And then, uh, there was like a double header one in finale in spain uh so i did those in in 2018 um so how does that work then if if you if you how do you keep qualifying for those or once you're in for that year do you qualify for the season yeah or do you have to qualify race by race uh it's for the season so the way it works is like or at least the way it did work up until this year now now things are changing but uh it used to be really nice and straightforward. Basically like there was qualifier races in the U S and if you won or got on the podium at any of the qualifier races, you were for sure in for the next year. And then, so I already was in from that Santa Fe win. Okay. And then if you're ranked, I think for U 21, it's like the top hundred and for elite, it's like the top 300 based on points. So like, Back then, like you could go, if you got like top 10 at two qualifiers, you were pretty much in for the next year. And then the way it works is like, there's like a two week period, um, before the season starts that you have the opportunity to sign up for as many races as you want to do. So if you want to do the full series, you can sign up for the full series. If you want to just do one, you just sign up for one, but you're guaranteed entry to however many you want to do. So yeah, I I knew that and I wanted to do like I kind of with my last year U21 like I kind of was taking it as like a chance to try and get on some people's radar. Um mm-hmm. so that was the idea, try to do try to do a bunch of them that year. That's really that's really impressive though that you just went that fast up to the EWS scene. Um It was quick, yeah. It was yeah. super quick. And I I had been racing XC for a while, so like I'd been like a, kind of around the circuit, um, yeah. but I, yeah, I, I never was as good in XC as I was in, in Enduro. It just, I didn't have the, the same. <laughs> what is it? Know, What's like, the difference then? What, what makes you exceed in, you know, one, one aspect and, and not do so well in another? Um, well, like XC, it's pretty much like 
uh, I don't know. I, I don't want to come off as the guy like making excuses, you know, it's but okay. like, yeah. once you get to the top level of XC, pretty much all of those guys are like genetic anomalies, like just superhuman, crazy abilities to suffer and <laughs> like have just insane physical fitness. Right. Cause I mean, like at that point, like I was really dedicated to racing XC. So I was working so hard, like training as much as I possibly could. There's, pretty much no way I could have taken on anymore. And then they're just guys like, I don't know if you know, like Christopher Blevins, mm-hmm. but that guy's just a freak of nature. Like yeah. his ability to like, just his aerobic ability is unbelievable. Like, right. <laughs> so I would just like, I was doing everything I could, but yeah, I, I mean, I did okay in XE, but I was just never, never on those dudes level. And yeah. then uh, like, I grew up riding motocross and little bit of BMX like road scooters did like everything on wheels pretty much so like as soon as i started mountain biking even doing xc like i always had pretty good descending ability and pretty good like bike control and skill overall um so it was just so much more natural for me like the a race more attributed towards skill versus fitness was just like it came so much easier to me because then i guess you get to enduro and then you know you're your cardio is there. So now you can navigate a huge mountain, hit right. many, many stages in one day, but you're not, um, you know, the, the chances of you winning don't completely depend on the aerobic activity of, of cross country. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it actually involves, involves some skill and yeah, yeah that was, that was what was like made such a difference for me. And it then, just suited me so much better. And then also, like you mentioned also like one of your main, first races that you got a big uh, mechanical happened in whatever stage. Um, yeah. Was that something new too? Because that's part of Enduro. You know, you got to deal with these mechanicals when you're out in the middle of the woods, you're on a remote trail. You might not have everything you need. Um, For sure. The, yeah. And then, and then and the clock's still running while you're dealing with a mechanical, right, especially yeah. the downhill. Um, right. Qu- quite a unique aspect to that sport. Definitely. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. biggest lesson learned from that one. I've never done a race since then without running downhill casing tires. There you go. That was, that was the moment I I was running double downs, which are, are solid as well, but it's just like, when it comes to enduro, it's not worth the risk. Like after that, I I literally have only run downhill casing. And you're talking about learned right there. And you're in the risk versus reward, right? I mean, those casings are heavier. That's a heavier tire. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Right. But it's worth it. Yeah, because just some a little these, more flat protection. Yeah. Man, when we were out in Nebo, we saw all kinds of people getting um, cranked or rims and derailures. And it was totally, a rocky yeah. situation, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It honestly surprises me that more people don't run downhill casing. Like, right. I don't know, because they're a tiny bit heavier. But realistically, like most of the races we do are pretty gravity oriented anyways. So it's like, I don't know. It's not worth the risk to me. I'll I'll take the extra flat protection <laughs> for a little weight penalty all day. Yeah. It's I mean just, who wants it's to, not worth it. Yeah, who wants to deal with a flat like, you know, a quarter of the way down? Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. I've never had that happen, thank goodness. But um but it is it, it does affect the weekend altogether. Not only that run, but it can affect the weekend. Totally, yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially like I mean, at the pro level now, like times are so tight you flat and it's pretty much game over for your race. 
like you might be able to get some good stage results after that. But as far as an overall, you're pretty much off the bat, especially if it's on a long stage like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, um, how come we didn't see you at Nebo? Uh, it was early season and a little, little bit of an expensive trip for me. Yeah. Um, but I'll be at, I'll be at big sky. I'll be at, um, Arizona and I'll be at, uh, Durango. Okay. So we'll see you in a couple weeks out there then. Yeah. Yeah. The only two that I'm not doing this year were Nebo and, uh, Brian head. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I wanted to be there for sure, but it's a tricky, like I used to, I did Missouri the last two years. Um, and that was when I was living in Colorado. So I would drive out. Um, and then yeah, this year living up in Washington, it's too far to drive. And then to fly, like you gotta like fly, got to get the plane ticket, fly with the bike, get a rental car lodging. Like it's just a whole lot of moving parts. And honestly, my, uh, my whole deal for this season came together pretty last minute anyways. So we actually didn't even have like our complete bikes as they'll be raced this year until like the end of April or like middle of April. So I wanted some more time to, to like kind of set up suspension and stuff. So had to sit out the first round, but yeah, we'll be, Mm. we'll be there soon. Be there in Arizona. Good. So tell me, you kind of alluded to that. Then tell me about the new deal. You're this year on um, Cannondale, the farm. Is that right? Yep. Yep. First year on the farm. Uh, Yeah. Really, really stoked for that. It's honestly like by far the most support I've ever had. I haven't really ever had like much support in general. Um, So yeah, it's been a game changer. Like uh, Timmy Eaton, the team manager there takes super good care of us. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a really cool program. And yeah, it was cool. Like we did a trip, uh, I did sea otter and TDS Mm -hmm. and that was where, so we went down to California and then, uh, we did like a little team camp thing. And then that was where we got all our parts, uh, for the new bikes. And then, uh, we had a mechanic there, like build up our bikes and then we did some media stuff and then went to sea otter and then went to TDS. Um, so that was when I actually got like a complete bike was like middle of April like right before sea otter. Um, but it was, it was such a cool experience. Like showing up, I had, he had sent a frame out early, but I just had all my parts from the previous year on. Mm-hmm. And that bike that I was on last year was actually, I bought used from max Sedlac, mm-hmm. So it had an off season and a race season from max an off season and a race season from me. And then another half an off season on the Cannondale, all those like, so like the brakes were like leaking fluid out of the levers. And like, like I just ripped my derailleur off that morning, stopping for a little ride off the, off the drive down. And Oh my God, it was just the bottom bracket was like seized. Basically. I just, I handed the mechanic the most clapped bike and I felt so bad. I was like, I, I don't want to do this to you. Like I'll do whatever to help. And he yeah. was like, no dude, like, don't worry about it. Like I got all this new stuff for you. Stripped yeah. it down, did all the frame bearings. Like, built it up fully fresh and then handed me like the sickest bike I've ever had. So it was a dream come true. Honestly, I've, I've never had like that level of support. I've never had uh, access to a mechanic. I've never had like, I've never been in a team environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really cool. I'm, I'm super stoked on the, on the deal for this year. I think it's gonna, it's gonna help my program a lot for sure. 
Well, congrats on that, man. That's a big step. That's a really um, Thank big you. step. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, it, so Cannondale, let's, I'm, I'm not even sure you have, let's talk through the farm thing real quick. Like educate yeah, me yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, the farm team, you always hear Cannondale, the farm and, and then yeah. there's the Cannondale factory. Is that correct? And this is a two step yep. process. Um, so yeah, this exactly. is a program where they're kind of looking for, for talented riders to kind of uh, mold to their, to their team or, or just fill me in a little bit how exactly, the farm yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah. So the farm, the name actually, uh, I think it's pretty funny. It's, it's like, a um, it's a reference to like minor league baseball. Yeah. I don't know okay. if you've ever heard that, right, but they'll right. say like over down at the farm, like we yeah. got our triple A team or whatever. So that's mm-hmm. essentially the idea is like, it's like a farm for talent. I got um, you. So we've got like, it's very developmental for sure. Like there's, I think we've got maybe three or four under 21s. Um, and that's obviously like a big focus of the team. And then, uh, they kind of like, yeah, you, you basically, the idea is to get the support and like be in a cool, fun environment that helps you succeed in racing and then throw some pros in there like myself that kind of like have a little bit more experience and can like help out those younger kids a bit. And then also like give guys like myself an opportunity to have the support and then try to basically get to a point where I could end up on the factory team as well. So that's, that's like, that's kind of the idea of the team is to, to farm that talent and to just honestly, like that, that's a huge part of it. And then another huge part of it is just the whole like mantra of the team is just fun. Like Mm -hmm. Timmy, I don't know. Do you know Timmy? No, I don't. You'll, you'll have to meet him this year. He's he's a funny dude. Like I'm coming to, (laughs) he knows how to have a good time. And he definitely like, he brings that to the team for sure. And that's kind of the idea is just to bring Cannondale around Mm. the country and just show people like the bikes are sweet and it's they're built for fun. You know, like it's just putting a a cool image around the brand and just like, yeah, Yeah, growing it it in, in that way. And it's quite the hype. I mean, um, we hear a lot in running these races. We hear a lot whether or not the farm is coming, whether or not the farm's coming to the next series. So it's always <laughs> yeah, exceeded. Yeah. It's always exciting to see who is the farm yeah. and what is the farm bringing. Um, yeah. But it is always a great environment um, and a great kind of um, feeling that you guys do put on in the pits. So it's going to be totally, exciting. Yeah. 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 You'll have to come check it out. Like, honestly, the. Timmy just like outdoes himself every year in every race. We have the most hilarious rolling circus this year. Um, so basically <laughs> our great. setup now, he's got a big F two fifty towing a fifth wheel and he's got like this big camp chef and stuff in there. So he'll be, you'll have to come Sweet. by, like he'll be chefing up tacos and stuff after the races. Um, he cooks that- for like a bunch of people. So that's that- really cool. And then, now that you say that, that, I think I think now that you say that, I think he cooked pancakes last year at um in the parking lot of Brian Head. Was walking yep. around with a big plate of pancakes, just giving everybody food. Yep. So. <laughs> that sounds right. It might have yeah, been so him. Yes. He's got that, which that was part of the setup last year. Yeah, and then the setup has grown even more from last year, and now uh, we've got one of our riders is driving an addition to the setup, which is a sprinter van 
that's got eight e-bikes in it. So nice. it's kind of like a demo fleet of e-bikes and they're doing a bit of like um, going around like between races and setting up like going through like Cannondale dealers and stuff and like inviting them out to go for rides and stuff. We had the demo fleet at Sea Otter. So we took some some vendors and stuff out for like pedals around like the Monterey area. Um, so he's got the e-bikes in there. And then that's towing a trailer that has a Kawasaki side by side and a KLX 140 in it. <laughs> the team's the team's sponsored by Cowie this year, so you know, we've got a pit bike and a side by side going to all the races. So at team camp, uh, we were running shuttles in the side by side. Like we yeah. had six bikes on a tailgate pad on the back of the side by side, and we were running shuttles up and down the hill. And then uh, we had the we were riding the KLX 140 at TDS on the pit bike track. It's just, the whole thing is a rolling circus. It's hilarious. That's great, man. And you say so you really do have to feel pretty damn fortunate to, to slid in there. And this oh, is a, what yeah. a great team, a great support, your great vibe, community support, everything you need is there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy for me. Cause like I've, I've been at the racing thing for a while, but and like we were saying, like I, I got off to a pretty good start right away, but that like it led itself to okay support. But then I had like a really rough couple of years. So really, like I've never had like anywhere close to this amount of support, which is mm-hmm. crazy because like the like those years we were talking about 2017, 18, yeah. I was like 18, and now I'm like 24, and it was like <laughs> I'm yeah. finally getting the support now that I was hoping to get back then. So it's like, it's a bummer that it took so long, but it's cool now. Like I honestly have a whole new perspective and appreciation for it now that I kind of had to dig my way out of that. You know what I mean? So, so what did you have to dig out of? Did you have injuries? Did you have just kind of um, a couple off race years? Um, uh, yeah. Injuries for sure. Okay. Um, so like, 2017 was a really good year. That was like that starter year we were talking about. Yeah. And then 2018 was was okay. Um it was like it was a building year, I'd say. Like I definitely learned a lot. I kind of like after coming off of XC, I was a little bit burnt out on training. And I think I probably overestimated my ability a little mm-hmm. Um and I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, like I can kind of just ride on natural talent now. Like it's all about just going downhill. So I kind of like didn't really train much going into that 2018 year, okay. which I, I definitely regret now. Like I just didn't, I didn't, I think I underestimated enduro in general. Like I just, I was like sweet. Like now, cause I was training so hard for XC for a while and it was just not going well. So finally I was like, yeah, like now I just get to go downhill. This is sweet. So I kind of just like, yeah, didn't come in nearly as prepared as I should have. So. I I definitely regret that a little bit. Like I had such a cool opportunity going over to Europe and stuff in 2018. I mm-hmm. should have capitalized on that more. And I mean, it was okay. Like I had some like right around like top 10 results in U21, but I feel like I could have done so much more if I would have like really, really committed to it. Um, but that was okay. And then 2019 was like up until last year was probably my best year. Um, I had like, I, I committed to the training a bit more, had some like solid near podiums, like mm-hmm. solid top tens, near podiums at BMEs. Um, 
and then did I was an elite that year. So I did some EWS, didn't didn't do great, but did okay. Um, so that was like I feel like kind of supposed to be like the springboard stepping stone year. Mm-hmm. And then that was like when the injury bug bit. So at what the, was it? What was at, it? At national champs in 2019. Um, I tore the ulnar collateral ligament in my thumb. Um, so that kind of kicked it off like July of 2019 and then came back from that and then, uh, broke fibula, tore some ligaments in my ankle and then did a partial ACL tear, partial meniscus tear. That was in September of 2019. So that was a pretty big one. Uh, was off for quite a while. Um, and then COVID came around like next year, like going into 2020. So there was no racing for a little bit, came back to racing at, uh, big sky BME did. Okay. And then at the, in practice for the winter park BME, the next weekend crashed, uh, broke my collarbone and then got that plated. So that was the end of that year. Damn. And then 2021 had okay year going. And then big sky BME that year crashed, broke my hand, got a plate and eight screws in my hand. And then, yeah, that was basically 19, 20, 21. We're just Man. like, yeah, next pretty much <laughs> like did nothing for those three years pretty much. So yeah, that was, that was a rough, rough stint there. But, but uh you're back at it. I mean, wow, that yeah. is a list, man. That's a that is quite yeah. a uh that's a quite a resume of injuries there. <laughs> yeah, it was it was not a not a good time for sure. Um yeah. and the hardest thing with that stuff, like in our sport, is just it's so mental and like just you know, like you get hurt and then you do the whole like build back, get fit again, come back to racing, and then you get hurt again, and then it just like Mm-hmm. It just killed so much confidence. Yeah. And that was honestly the hardest thing to come back from is just like the mental aspect of the injuries of like, you don't like, it's so scary to push again. Cause it's just like, like I was getting to the point where I was like, yeah. I just want to finish a race. Like I didn't, I didn't finish any, uh, I didn't finish a single BME in 2021 because mm-hmm. there was Missouri that year. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too, is like, through those years, like those were the big injuries. Those were like the surgeries and the broken bones, but there was a lot of like nagging little stuff in between too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like in Missouri that year, um, I had a big crash, snapped my frame and like bruised up my groin real good. Mm-hmm. So I didn't finish Missouri. I didn't want to ride with a broken frame cause I didn't want it to fail on me and kill me. Yeah. Uh, and then went to Big Sky and broke my hand. So those are the only two BMEs I did that year. And I didn't finish either of them. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I just was getting to the point where I was like, I just want to finish a race. And it's just not the right mindset to go in with, you know, because it's like, it's scary to push because you don't want to get hurt again. Like the last thing you want to do is go through the whole process again of like yeah. waiting for it to heal and then coming back to riding and then trying to build the speed back and like, you don't really want to go fast because you don't mm-hmm. really want to get hurt again. So it was just mm-hmm. like a, an ongoing process of, of mental struggles really. So yeah, that was, uh, yeah, that was a tricky time for sure. Um, 
and coming coming out of 2021 also like i was just so i'd been on the same bike for a couple of years and mm-hmm. i was never really that stoked on it mm-hmm. um and yeah just like was really uncomfortable with my setup and was just like it felt like fighting a, mm. a useless fight you know like just was not mm-hmm. i needed a lot of change for sure I like this story. I like this. I like this story, Cam. I mean, I like, the, I like where <laughs> this is going. Um, thank you. Thank you. You know, and now, and now you're um, in a perfect position to kind of, you feel healthy now with the farm. Like you got the new bike. Are yeah. you on the Jekyll? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you got the new bike. You got the, you're feeling healthy. You're on a good supportive team. So yep. good, good, man. Way to, way to endure yep. and way to stick it out. I mean, that's a lot of adversity yeah. to overcome. Yeah, it was, it was definitely tough, but, um, it was cool. Like last year was a big year for me. Cause, uh, so like I was saying, like coming out of 2021, I was like really not stoked on my bike. I was not really stoked on how I was riding. Yeah. Just like confidence was at an all time low coming off like another injury. And then huge shout out to Max Sedlak. He's like, I said, he's a good buddy of mine. Yeah. Um, and he kind of like him and I were really close back in like, like 2019 speed wise. And then in 2020 and 2021, he had great years. So mm. he was crushing it, like getting on the podium at BMEs. Uh, he won the North American Enduro cup in Idaho. Mm. And I was just like, that kind of kept me going a little bit. Cause I was like, I know like we used to be so close, like obviously yeah. people can get faster and whatever, like, but it just, it was motivating. Cause I was like, if he can do it, like there's no reason I can't, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of saw that too. He's like, dude, like, you're better than this. Like I know you are. Um, and he was on specialized at the time. It still yeah. is on specialized, but, uh, so yeah, like I, I, I did ride for Santa Cruz in 2018, 19 and 20. Yeah. Um, and then after COVID got dropped, so 2021 was really like all time low. Cause it was like third year in a row of injuries, lost my sponsor, had no frame sponsor, no sponsors at all. So I was just riding like the old, like last year's bike. And then, I was really not stoked on the bike anyways. Like at that Mm -hmm. point, like I just needed something different. Um, and Max is like, well, like, I don't think that's a good bike for you. Like, I think we need to get you on a good bike and then like go from there. So that was how I ended up buying his old bike. Um, so I went and stayed at his house for a couple of days, uh, like winter of 2021, like going into the 2022 season. Um, and I rode one of his old Enduros, and I was like, dude, this thing's unreal. Like, you got to, like, we got to make something work. And he's like, for sure. Like, I didn't have really any money at the time. But uh, he's like, yeah, just uh, take the bike now. Like, worry about paying me later. So yeah. he just had me take the Enduro. Um, and I left his house with the Enduro. And then spent the whole season racing that thing. And, like, being comfortable on the bike. Yeah. And having Max kind of believe in me a little bit was like a game changer and had a pretty, pretty solid year last year. Um, I got on the podium at North American Enduro Cup and then had some like solid top tens and stuff uh, in BMEs. And yeah, just overall was like a, a game changer year for me and kind of gave me the confidence and then also got my name back up the results sheet high enough to, yeah. to earn the ride with Cannondale. So it kind of, yeah, it was a good good rebuilding year for me. This is a good rebuilding story. I like this. 
And I was wondering, I was wondering where the where, what you were writing here. I saw that. Yeah, I was kind of wondering if you were on the Cannondale yet on these videos, but you look like you're on the on the specialized bike in these videos. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's, you do uh, look comfortable. Yeah, you do look good. I mean, that's yeah. That was that was a sweet bike. Seriously, yeah. yeah. Can't can't thank Max enough for making that happen. And yeah, yeah, it was it was big for me to just be on a bike that I was comfortable with and just have the change and yeah, it it was it was everything I needed for sure. Right. That is a good story. It's a good story. I like it. And then, um, but you know, I want to know if there was more injuries at that point of your life or this point of your life. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you were deep in the archives. Yeah. <laughs> oh, listen, man. listen, I've never seen somebody do so many kickflips in a, in a, in a in a second or whatever those are called big spins, oh, flat man. spins. Hey, look, you got a mini ramp in the garage. Yeah. This is the neighbor's garage. So what's up, man. Those so if everybody's days, watching, man. we're watching pre, um, we're watching <laughs> cam pre enduro shred oh, parking man. lots on a, on a mini scooter, <laughs> just gapped a rail. Look at this rail. You just gapped. Look at this. What's up with that? Yeah, man, this is this is the background right here. This is, this it. is where all the this is where all the bike skill comes from. You were you were definitely obviously day. one of those kids who just had to push the limits. You know, you were you were yeah. It 100%. seems like you were not sitting still. You were gonna find something to be good at, and <laughs> yeah. you were good at this. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I went after it for a while. I, I loved it um it was cool like the neighborhood i grew up in yeah had, like we had legitimately like almost 50 kids on our street like on our cul-de-sac mm -hmm. and everyone just wanted to be outside all the time so we just did like a million different things like we scootered for a, a long time did like bmx did um look at this uh, <laughs> what is that a 12 <laughs> set that was a 14 stick. A 14 that was at set. my elementary school. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, man. <laughs> I had a baseball slide after because there was a oh, fence right there. Yeah, it was a big so steel grate. <laughs> at least you had a helmet on. Yeah. My parents would make me rock the full face. Yeah, I'm sure they did. But That's yeah, so cool um, to see you out there just getting it as a youngster. We, like did, just, we did everything, man. Like Yeah. Skate. BMX scooter, like I rode moto, my whole family rode moto. Um, so yeah, it was just like <laughs> we literally did every possible outdoor activity pretty much. It is so cool to watch. I mean, it is so cool. It is so fun. It's pretty funny too. Uh, do you know Miles Morgan? No, not off the top so of my he, head. He no. races some BMEs. Um, he's got on the podium a couple times the last few years, but uh, he's he's got a scooter background also. There's There's quite a few of the mountain bike guys because it's like it's right around like my generation like when i was mm -hmm. like 12 12 13 scootering mm -hmm. was huge yeah and so everyone like right around my age like 20 to 25 like they were all kind of right around and that where scootering was huge so there's there's mm -hmm. tons of us that that were into scooters like so many people that i'll meet were like oh yeah i used to do it back in the day too <laughs> Did you do competitions yeah. or anything or were you just a street rat kind of guy? Um, a tiny bit. Yeah. I think I did like one, 
um i never really got like that into it but yeah did did some video stuff with my friends like that yeah that, I see. that stuff was pretty fun but were you yeah, able to pick I, I up any that. sponsors as a um as a youngster riding scooters no you... no i was never a sponsored scooter rider never okay. made it quite that far <laughs> <laughs> bring it back maybe you should bring it back maybe um maybe the farm has a spot for scooters now too dude honestly if if there's a scooter at any of the pits at a bme this year like i will i will take someone on and scoot 100%. you can still pick it up no problem oh 100 percent. yeah it's scootering's honestly like once you're like an adult it's not that hard yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> the average adult could tail with the scooter sure. right but we've even like yeah any all of my friends like that have done it before too like there's even so miles he works at evil and mm-hmm. I've seen videos like of the warehouse, like they'll, yeah. they'll get a scooter in the warehouse and they're like jumping off boxes and doing tail whips and stuff. That's awesome. But yeah, like I've, I've picked up a scooter. I like, it's probably been two years maybe, but at the time it'd probably been two years also at least. And yeah, still like pick it right up. Bar spin, yeah. tail whip, 360, no problem. That's so it good. Never, it never goes away. It's like riding a bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I can't wait to see you in the pits doing some tail whips and yeah, 14 stair gaps. Yeah, we're going to have to hit up Timmy, see if we can, see if we can get one. A scooter, yeah, and a couple of mini ramps out there. It'll be a fun yeah, little pre-show. that'd be sweet. That'd be a yeah. setup. We do, have, we do have the 140. I'm a big fan of the pit bikes, too. Yeah, those things are thing so fun. Probably a little bit too much at TDS, it's but okay. I was having a really good time. How'd you do at TDS? TDS was really good. Um, I got eighth there. Okay. Which I was pretty stoked on. Like result wise, it's nothing like crazy, nothing to write home about. But the tricky thing with TDS is the like there's a lot of people who have either been racing there for a long time or they're mm-hmm. kind of from the area. So mm-hmm. like uh like Miles Morgan again, he's he's he won it last year. Um and he's from Grass Valley, so they're kind of like his home trails almost. And then same thing, like Marco Osborne is from the area and Mm -hmm. has raced there since like 2013. Um, And then, yeah, like Evan Jinkopoulos also, um, he's from the area and Mm -hmm. has raced it for a number of years. So those guys just like, because the way TDS works, there's 11, this year there's 11 stages and five of them were blind. So even for me, like this was my third year at TDS and it helped so much just kind of knowing where I was going. um so it's really tricky and the tracks are really short so like the pace is high the guys know where they're going a lot more than most of us and like times are tight so in years past like i've been pretty far off the pace so this year even though i got eighth like there were a lot of stages like if i'd have a good stage i'd be kind of like right there within like four or five seconds which that's kind of like that was what I cared about, you know, like just yeah. being on pace. Um, Cause yeah, like I said, it's hard to like <sighs> take on those guys on their home trails, but if I can just be in the mix, then I think that's a good sign for the rest yeah. of the season. I was pretty happy with the pace. Well, yeah. And um, is that did Colton win that, that race? He did, yeah. That's yeah. on it. Like I was saying, that makes it that much more impressive that he won over those guys. Yeah. those guys are so unbelievably flat fast on those trails and they know where they're going and Colton doesn't. So yeah, the fact that Colton won there is unbelievable. He's yeah. poised for a huge year too. 
He is. He is. Him and um, yeah. Did you see the results at? I'm sure you did at Nebo. You'd see Nick and Colton both right there within yeah. a second or two yeah, of each yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks like it's going to be a good battle. You got to get up in the mix with them. That's the plan. Yeah, that's the plan for sure. Yeah. Colton. Colton's going to be tough to beat, but yeah, I would love to be like. I've I've put in a lot of work this off season, so yeah. The goal is definitely to be on the podium and hopefully fighting for some of those wins. That's that's the goal for sure. One to watch. I'm now I'm a fan. See, I'm glad you came on. Now, <laughs> I need some, I need some more racers to follow. I love I love it. I love it all. I'm a huge yeah. just I'm a I'm a geek of this sport, and I just I just love getting to meet all the riders and then um everybody's so gracious with their time and colton is is awesome and uh um, yeah and so it's it's really cool it's really fun and and then and then yeah. to see nick coming over from a downhill background um, totally yeah that's so impressive um yeah we really do have such a cool like the scene the race scene in the u.s is so cool like yeah i wish i love that you guys are doing this stuff like the podcast the um yeah. like the opener show at nebo was super yeah. cool just like yeah. bringing more media because we have so many talented riders and like the level Agreed. of racing is really high like the yeah the pace at a bme and like how tight the times are and like yeah. i mean just looking at like colton and nick like yeah they're going over and getting top 30s sometimes even top 10s in ews's and yeah they're not even always winning bmes like yeah that's our podium crew is like top 30 in the world pretty much so yeah. it's it's sweet that like you guys are putting out some more media and stuff because all these guys deserve deserve it like we have insane talent well thanks for noticing man that, that that means a lot to me because you know i just getting involved i did a little bit of racing just very amateur stuff and then was uh -huh. fortunate fortunate enough to kind of meet some of the pros along the way and and, and, and even take a ride with with a, a few of them and um and then, and then I got involved on the business side of it. And I said, well, the first thing we need to do is highlight these athletes. Um, there's totally, not a, yeah. there's not a, another sport that doesn't highlight its own athletes. Um, right. And then you're right. Getting to know the, all these different personalities, these different backgrounds, um, right, everybody's right. different training styles. It's such a unique story that, um, that has to be told. Um, that's the thing. Yeah. And, and the interesting. Stories are the coolest part yeah it's the best it's it's just great i mean even travel stories that's one of my favorite things i'll sit and listen to your guys' totally, travel yeah. stories for days that is yeah. the best um yeah but, that's that's one of the cool things about our sport being like a little bit less supported is like yeah. it's not there's no yeah. formula one like you're not cruising in uh -huh. on your private jet and no. hopping into your airbnb it's like yeah people out bumming it in cars and yeah yeah <laughs> and, 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 and travel stories are fun for sure and it does seem like you guys rally around each other. Um, you know, you see different riders for different teams kind of sticking up for each other. Like I know totally, Nick and yeah. Nick and Kaylee were, were bunked up in an Airbnb with, with Luca. And then, um, yeah, yeah. and then Bella was driving around in her giant RV and then ended <laughs> yeah. up just kind of parking it, just kind of parked it in their front lawn for Nebo and it worked out perfect. Um, yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool just to see everybody, yeah, handle their travel situations, deal with it, and roll with it, and then just get up and compete. Um, Definitely, yeah. Yeah, pretty neat. Yeah, sorry, one sec. I'm going to go grab the charger for this laptop. Go I'll ahead. Right go back. ahead. Go get it.
Thing on Dionys. Nice, nice. Not a problem at all. A couple more things I do want to ask you. Um, I keep I yeah. do like watching some of these YouTube videos you're on with Nate Hills. Pretty cool. Um I gotta give this guy a shout out, right? Like Nate Hills in this follow cam is really cool. Um Yeah, Nate Hills actually has some OG BME history too. He was um oh, I don't know. I would I would be talking with knowledge that I don't have to say results, but I know he was racing like the first, I think he raced the first year of the series in like 2013. Um, I, I feel like he like won an overall or something. Um, but yeah, he's, I'm gonna look he's into like an it. older guy. I'm going to find out who the, I'm going to get him on the podcast. Nate, if you're listening, hit you me should, up. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You totally should. Cause you do have some follow cam skills that are pretty cool. Yeah, he's got a cool YouTube channel. Like he has yeah. he has tons of like big name guys on here. He's done like videos with Remy Metallier and yeah. dudes like that. He's been doing it for a while. He's kind of like mm. one of the one of the pioneers of the whole follow cam GoPro YouTube channel thing. Yeah, he seems to have it figured out. I mean, got good framing, yeah. good camera, and then he can ride. Yeah. Um to keep up with you is number one. You gotta be able to keep up with yeah, a yeah. pro rider to film them um nate's honestly one of my favorite people to hang out with because he's like i don't even know how old he is he's definitely in his 40s okay. but like you hang out with him and it feels like hanging out with any of my friends that are yeah, like yeah. in their 20s <laughs> like that's good he's just like your everyday like colorado mountain bike homie but yeah. he's like 40 it's so cool well listen that's how i uh, that's that's my age bracket. So be gentle on yeah. us old guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are a few of us who really do like this sport and do like hanging out with the young crew. It's pretty um, freaking cool, man. We've got a, we've got a cool crew of people, yeah. some fun stuff to do. Yeah. So, so I got a couple more questions for you. One, one is I'm always interested on people's inspirations. Um, what you, you, you know, came from the cross country background, and then just yeah. got right into gravity. Did, were you into downhill? Did you watch it? Did you aspire to like, who, who did you kind of follow? Like who, who'd you kind of geek out on in the bike world? Uh, so honestly, my background's like all moto. Okay. Um, my, my dad rode, like I, I got put on a dirt bike when I was like three. Um, so moto is like, in my life since I was a little kid like I, there's literally no time in my life that I can re remember that moto wasn't a part of my life um so that was kind of like those were my heroes growing up um was like dudes like James Stewart Jeremy yeah. McGrath Ricky Carmichael yeah um that was kind of like that era when I was a little kid um Chad Reed um yeah so that was like what it started with really and then I never really like got the chance to race moto so much. Like you think mountain biking is expensive. Racing moto is like, yeah, I'm Brian Dean uh, has been quoted as saying his, his program to take Aiden to the amateur nationals was six figures plus right. just to race the amateur nationals. Right. So my family was never in a position to do that. <laughs> um, so I, I rode moto always, but I never, never got the chance to race it. Um, and then 
but I always just thought it was the coolest thing. Like it was just, those were my heroes, even yeah. like up until when I was in high school, like I, I knew that I obviously wasn't going to be a supercross racer at that point, right. but it was still like the type of person that I wanted to be, I guess. So, uh, what going into high school, um, I like my friend, Trevor McCutcheon that I mentioned earlier, um, he was like into mountain biking a bit and he started like on the high school team at our school and he was like, you should join. And I was like, okay, well, like at this point, like all the moto guys were using it for cross training. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I'll be a super cross racer. I'll go like cross train for moto, even though I'm not even racing. I just thought it was cool. Um, and like, I actually hated that first. Like I did not like mountain biking at all. Cause it was, I mean, Nike is, it's, it's great for getting kids on bikes, but it does not expose you to the world of mountain biking as a whole. It literally just exposes you to cross country. So right. it was like, we were riding like bike pads. Basically I was on my dad's like GT from the nineties. Um, and yeah, we just like, weren't really riding cool trails. It was all about like pedaling and fitness. And I just was not digging it at all. And then the first year, like my freshman year of high school, uh, went to all the races through like the school and was just getting worked because I was not fit at all. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I'm super, super competitive. So that just like really pissed me off. I was like, I don't really care if I like this sport, if I'm going to do it, like I'm not going to suck at it. So mm -hmm. like, and the nice thing, like, thankfully for me too, Trevor was into it and he was doing well. And then, uh, two guys that I met through, uh, the team, one of them, Evander Hughes, he raced some BMEs also. Um, he's not racing as much anymore, but he's still absolute shredder. So shout out to him. Um, so we had like a good crew to train with and ride with. So that was like where I actually started enjoying it was just like riding with my friends and then they were fit. So we just started riding a ton and then I got really fit and then came back the next year and the way high school racing works. If you do well, your freshman year, then you'll go straight to JV. Um, but if you don't do that well, like I think the top 10 freshmen go to JV and then everyone else goes to like the sophomore class. So that's where I was because I didn't do that well. And I was pretty fit at that point. So I just worked the sophomore class, literally won like every race, won state champs, had a great year. And then uh, once that started happening, like I started traveling to some other races and seeing some other places and some other trails. Yeah, like, like we talked about, I kind of just fell into the whole enduro thing. Um, so yeah, there wasn't like, like as a kid, at least there wasn't really like a, a mountain biker that I really looked up to in a big way. It was, it was mostly like the moto stuff. And then once I got into mountain biking now, like I have a ton of inspirations in the mountain bike world now, um, because like, I'm so wrapped up in it. Um, it's a it feels a little bit different cause it's yeah. not like. Who do you um, look up to now then? Who, who do you Sean looking Muir's up to? Who are you trying one. to, do you know who, Sean who's Muir? on the top of your list? Okay. No, not yet. Yeah. Your name you is some names. I need to know these sure. people. Uh, Sean but, Near is yeah. a really cool dude. Right. He, he's won a bunch of BMEs. He rode for Yeti for a long time. Um, yeah. And oh, he, yeah, yeah, he yeah. crushed at the BME. So he kind of like immediately like 
when I came onto the scene, like was like the guy. And then as I got to know, like his story, you should actually check out, uh, Yeti did a, or he, he has his own podcast. Um, what's it called? Like scared of normal, like attraction coffee podcast. Um, okay. you should check out the episode with him. He has a yeah, yeah. super cool story. Um, but he's a big inspiration for me because he didn't get his first factory ride till he was 28. So he kind of like had like a up and down in and out of racing thing. Like same thing with me, kind of like had a really good, like early career and then had some rough years. And then he kind of like even stopped racing for a little bit, but then like was still able to get back to the top level. And then was eventually teammates with Richie full factory ride on Yeti. Like he had a, um, him and Richie went one, two on the top of the world stage at the EWS mm-hmm. in Whistler, which I think is super cool. Um, but yeah, he's a huge inspiration for me. Cause like, there's so many guys that you see, like you look at like a Jackson Goldstone where it's like, he's pro as a kid comes straight mm-hmm. out of juniors immediately gets a factory ride. And then he's just a pro forever. So it's like, it's hard to right. like at the point where I'm at now, like I'm 24 now. So like, that ship has sailed. I'm not going Jackson Goldstone. Like (laughs) I'm not coming out of the juniors and getting on a factory ride. Like I already missed that boat. So it's cool to look at a dude like Sean where like (laughs) he stuck with it and still got to like a really respectable position in the sport at an older age. So that's, that's a big inspiration of mine. Sean's Sean's a badass and has a really cool story. Um, And then more on like the, like the riding side, as far as like who I think has a really cool style, Brent Atkinson is a a big one. I think he's a really mm-hmm. cool rider. Um, oh man, everybody! I try to pull like a little bit from everywhere, you know. Like I think that's the the coolest mm-hmm. thing about mountain biking is everybody does it a little bit different, <clears throat> and everyone has their own like cool little yeah. thing that they do, yeah. and it's it's cool. Like I just try to like pull a little bit from everywhere you know like try to be almost a mix of all the all my favorite riders i guess well and that is it is unique that yeah nobody does it the same nobody thinks through a trail the same and nobody really does it the same way and i guess that's what separates us but makes us similar um is is unique style yeah Yeah. Yeah, yeah and everyone just like I try to pick up little things from everyone. Like Richie is a cool one to watch because he's just like, he's so good at keeping the bike stuck to the ground. Like if Richie leaves the ground, he meant to leave the ground. He's not like ping pong in three sections. Like he, that bike is either stuck to the ground or he's doing a gap. And that's cool to see. Like it's crazy the way that he keeps it so stuck to the ground. That's a cool one. Um, Honestly, Colton, Colton's cool to watch because I've literally never seen a rider more committed in my entire life. Like his commitment level is (laughs) unbelievable. Like just absolutely no fear the way he charges into sections. No fear. And he's a bigger dude. He rides aggressive. Like he's He's just like, yeah, it's unreal the Um, way that he charges stuff. That's a cool one. He's got for sure. He's got a lot of power. Yeah. Yep. Um, who else has a really cool style? 
I got the rod. You, you were talking about Max earlier. I got yeah. to watch him ride some this past weekend. I, I got to meet him. Yep. That was really cool to watch him. Max has a really cool style also. He's just um, like so, so butter smooth. He makes everything look easy. He's got that yeah. real like neutral position on the bike. Same, same with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same with um, Aiden. Yep. Aiden Chapman yep. was cool to watch ride. Um, yep. Very relaxed. Just kind of. Yeah. Totally. his own flow. And um, then, uh, yeah. yeah. Everybody's different. Nick and, and Keller, are, I feel like they have a really similar riding style. It's kind of like, almost like old school a little yeah. bit. Like, a lot of like, foot out, flat out stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, that that's cool to watch too. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny, like, me and Max were talking about this the other yeah, day. Keller's like, so fast. Your riding style, a lot of times, like, is a reflection of your personality a little bit. So I I told Keller that I think it's so funny because he'll like <laughs> he'll post some uh, some riding clip to like a country song or whatever, and he's just like <laughs> slow motion foot out roosting, and it's like talking about tractors and John Deere's and oh my god, it's so funny, dude! I'm like that that literally like that riding clip to that song is you as a person, like it reflects you perfectly. It's so yeah. funny to watch. <laughs> Oh, that's good good stuff do you know max bupre uh, from here a little bit. My I, don't, I don't know him super well but that kid's a riot dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's a talk, talk <laughs> about a unique riding style um again though it perfectly matches his personality um, like he's the most like yeah oh loud, yeah like over the top person and then you watch him ride and yeah. it's just the same like he's just absolutely shredding yeah <laughs> just full shredding (laughs) shit flying everywhere the whole woods are on fire behind yeah it literally matches his riding style is loud his personality is loud matches perfectly i know i know all right mr cameron joy let's wrap this up let me say thank you number one i'm gonna watch some more of your clips while we get out of here but glad it worked out um yeah man of course of course and um, thanks for reaching out and thanks Absolutely. for introducing yourself to me. And I, it was nice meeting you and nice chatting, getting some insider info. And, and it's so good to, to hear. I, did, I had no idea about your story or injuries. Um, so just thanks for being open Absolutely, and sharing yeah. everything. Um, really cool, really cool story. Now, not, you know, just another story for, for people to follow. Um, it was really interesting. We were at Nebo, man, like, I had a couple people come up to me and they were like, thanks for doing what you're doing on this podcast. Um, and, and, and I really don't know <laughs> what I'm doing here. I, I, there's no agenda other than, than just get, yeah. just get stuff out there, you know? Um, and, and that's the only agenda. So it's, it's interesting. Anyway, I had a couple like older dads that were there yeah. like watching their kids racing and, and they were just like, thanks, man. Thanks so much for highlighting these people. Like, you don't understand. Like I didn't know who these people were and now I'm involved totally, in the yeah. sport. Like you wouldn't believe like I'm watching, I'm following, I'm, I'm following cool. the times from stage to stage. I know. So, um, so now you've just given us, you know, this whole, the world, another cool background story Definitely. to follow. Um, hope to see you do Thank well you. with Cannondale. I'm sure we will. And we'll yep, see you right yep, in I'll a couple in weeks then up in, uh, 
Yeah, man, the podcast right is perfect. Along. Like, good deal. Is a whole uh, yeah, crew whole coming? Crew Podcast is perfect though. Nice. Like nice I listen to them quite a lot. And this, this style of podcast, I think is bullish. There's like no, no real agenda. You kind of just like chat for a couple hours. And I think that's like the, yeah. the coolest way to get to get to know somebody. That, that is man. It's, it's a, it's an open long form, exactly, free form yeah. conversation that it's just, um, you know, it's just, letting people be a fly on the wall of, um, of, of a cool conversation. You know, I have all these awesome yeah. conversations with people on the road or race week and stuff. So, you know, why not, why not just open it up and let totally, people yeah. get to know who you guys are. And, um, it's pretty dope, pretty intense sport, Definitely. pretty intense group of people. And, um, yep. and everybody's got a story. So, all right, buddy. Well, yeah, thanks thank for you. spending time with me, man. You said a lot. You said it all. I appreciate you uh, yeah, just being open. And uh, let's get those I'm scooters so out next it. time I see you. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah, right, no buddy. Worries. Thanks, Cameron. Sounds good. Talk soon, buddy. All right. Later, buddy. Sweet, 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 man. All right. Cameron Joy. What a blast that was. That was so cool. Um, if you don't know who he is, you do now, as do I. So, um, dude rips. Dude definitely rips. So, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, another episode of Beyond the Ride in the books. And um, we'll fade out here and uh, listen to a little ISO Indies. Enjoy your day. See you at sunrise. Adios. I don't even know what to do. I just go with what I got on, you know what I'm saying? Duffel bag filled to the teeth. When I look at what I see, I could truly say that's all me. Pack my things up, make some pit stops. Catch me in the hilltops on the side of the country. Came back from being down 1-3. We the 16 Cavaliers.